0: So we heard that LeBron James is apparently not getting traded from the Lakers. Now, you would think that we would hear this from Rob Polinka, right? No, no, no. We didn't actually hear this from anybody inside the Los Angeles Lakers. Who we got that information from was Rich Paul, who represents LeBron James. He put out a statement today that said LeBron won't be traded and we aren't asking to be. And Zazlo and I were unpacking this earlier in the show. If you missed anything here on Amber and Ian, was Zazlo filling in tonight? Check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We both thought it was funny that the beginning of that statement oh, yeah. very much sounds like I run things. I'm flexing my muscles. Who's the captain now?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it should have been. We're not. We don't want to be traded, and he's also not going to be traded. But no, he made sure he put in the front of that statement. How they know that LeBron's not going to get traded? And by the way, we also don't want to be. Mm-hmm. It's a power move, right?
0: Right. It's a power right. Move. Yeah, like we're dictating things, but like, don't worry, we don't want to be anyways. Because if we wanted to be, then we'd be traded, right? LeBron James does not have a no trade clause, so theoretically, the Lakers could still trade him anyways. We know You've that they're going to Got to get on Bradley Beal's
1: level. When you're on Bradley Beal's level, you get a no <laughs> trade clause. LeBron so has true. not quite worked. To that point yet to have that added into his contract.
0: Maybe maybe he'll get there. Maybe this next contract will be the one, Braun. Shoot for the stars, player. Come on. (laughs) So he does not have the no trade clause in this contract right now with the Lakers. This contract has, he can has a player option for next year. So he could opt out of this contract and be a free agent this summer. And by the way, that's a decision that he can make Zaslow something like two or three days after the NBA draft. Because if I recall, Mm -hmm. his contract is set to expire right after the NBA draft. We know there's this whole storyline about wanting to play with his son. So the Lakers, if you're looking at this situation, from Los Angeles perspective, if they don't think that they are currently constructed to win a championship, which I think most of us don't think that they are, and if you're looking at your biggest superstar in LeBron James and realizing that he's about, he's going to be 40 years old this year, he's 39 years old right now, and oh, by the way, he could choose to leave you this summer for nothing because he wants to go somewhere else. If you're mixing all those things together, then a lot of franchises would consider trading him now to try to get something in return, but that's very clearly not the case here. According wouldn't to the
1: Wouldn't you hall. just wouldn't you just like aren't you dying for the Lakers to trade him just so just you can see? <laughs> well yeah, I like that part. But also just so you could see what would the haul actually be? Like what can you actually get for an almost forty year old lebron james forget what you'd have been able to get from 10 years ago
2: right. what can
1: what kind of haul can you actually get for him now because yeah i think you'd be able to get if you had a contending team and obviously the salaries have to match if you have a contending team they would give you all of their eligible first round picks right you can't trade I back-to-back years because of the Steppian rule no I, th- I think is that they, right i think they would yeah, I, I, I guess
0: you're. I guess because if you're a team that feels like you're a LeBron James away from winning a championship, which obviously LeBron James is that guy who can win you a championship. Now, he's not the guy who's going to win you it by himself anymore. Of course, you have to have the pieces there. Right, and otherwise then the Lakers would in. not be
1: in this situation. Or the Lakers
0: would be a championship contending team, and, and none of us really believe that they are. But there are teams out there that are certainly a LeBron away, and that's a reasonable position to consider yourself in. Would you trade the world for a championship? The answer to that is yes. But what's weird about this scenario is that he's 39. That's mm-hmm. what's weird about it. Because you're absolutely, in that case, mortgaging the future. And you have to pray to goodness that it hits the year that you do it. Like, he well, has to you a championship this season,
1: period. Well, and, and and if you want to retain him, which I assume you would, you better draft Bronny in June. Well, you right. bet you bet hopefully you have a first round pick or it could be a second round pick you better draft Bronny. see that's the part where you know he's not gonna ask to be traded okay and and rich paul is telling you lebron won't be traded Th- those are his words lebron won't be traded well lebron has said himself his dream is to play with his son it's not a coincidence that LeBron can opt out of the contract the same year his son is eligible for the NBA draft. So is there a team out there that is willing to call LeBron's bluff and draft Bronny James with the hope that LeBron then, within the next two days, because two days after the second round of the draft, that contract he's got to opt in or you know he's got to make a decision there, is someone willing to call LeBron James bluff that, hey, we drafted Bronny here. We're ready to sign you, too. But Rich Paul said the Lakers are not going to trade him. Won't be traded.
0: I've always wondered if that whole LeBron-Bronny thing is really more about raising the stock of Bronny than anything else. And not that LeBron doesn't want to play with his son, but obviously it seems pretty unlikely that you're going to end up at the same place that your son ends up. I've always wondered if a lot of that has more to do with LeBron trying to help Bronny. if yeah, I think if he's so. Truckster- and-, and also, He might have every intention of staying in L.A., but also not signing an extension until after the draft because then there's this idea out there by whatever team takes Bronny that maybe LeBron will come there. And so does that overall help Bronny's draft stock in a way that otherwise it wouldn't be helped if LeBron's contract was structured differently?
1: I think it does, but LeBron's got to follow through on, on on the promise there then. Because if he doesn't, if a team, it helps his draft stock. A team drafts Bronny, and then LeBron does not follow through. Well, then... I, I don't
0: think it's an actual promise. I, I, I think that he could be helping the draft stock without it actually being a real promise. Like, just giving the illusion of it. So if you're in the NBA draft, you're thinking, hey, maybe LeBron will want to come here if we draft Bronny. And maybe yes, that but makes Bronny more valuable.
1: Right, But if
2: it, but doesn't, then if it what doesn't, ma- doesn't, what does it
0: matter? His NBA career is going to be over in a couple years anyways. What does it matter?
1: Well, yeah, that's the point. Like, if LeBron came over to your team, you're going you're to keep Bronny. If you draft Bronny and he's not really like a fringe NBA guy and LeBron doesn't come to you, you may get rid of him after that first year.
0: Brian Windhorse, our ESPN insider, was on Carlin versus Joe. He explained why Rich Paul felt it necessary to make it clear LeBron wasn't getting traded.
2: LeBron has never throughout his career, during a season, ever had a wandering eye. He has always, no matter what the future is, and I have no reason to believe it's not in Los Angeles, but LeBron has always been full bore for the team that he um, is playing with. Um, and so I think Rich just wanted to refocus that, and I think it was a fair, it was a fair thing for him to say, and, and frankly might have been needed because of just the circumstances of what's going on right now.
0: Never had a wandering eye, but he'll tweet out hourglass emojis and all sorts of sub tweets throughout his entire last fifteen.
1: I don't know years. about that, really? but Amber he's never it, had a wandering eye. It, it, he's his, left I mean, he's been yeah, that, that eye well, looks lazy. It's been wandering, wandering so much sometimes. That's uh, eyes looking lazy.
0: <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about? He's had a backup plan for every relationship he's been in. Those eyes have wandered.
1: I will what? say though, Amber, what? we should mention based on what. Brian Wintour said there, George Sedano joined us uh, uh, almost a couple hours ago. And he actually answered that question because I said to him, what, like, what's the timing of Rich Paul coming out and, and, and just saying this randomly. And apparently there was a report in right. Los Angeles a yesterday. Yeah. Who a local TV reporter who said that he's hearing whispers. So it actually does make a little bit of sense, I guess the second part, but the first part saying LeBron won't be traded. <laughs>
0: Or LeBron uh, doesn't have a wandering eye. Uh, Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, where does Patrick Mahomes fit among the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Someone very close to him had an interesting answer to that question. That's next on ESPN Radio.
1: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
0: like a LeBron James who's playing against Michael, right, in terms of legacy. Patrick Mahomes feels like he's playing against the guys who came before him, not the guys currently on the field because it seems like none of them can quite get to his level, at least not quite yet. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. Jonathan Zaslow in for Ian tonight. But it's not just us saying that the comparison should be made to the all-time greats, right? It's everyone that has this conversation when you're talking about Any greats being compared to any all-time greats. But there is somebody very close to Patrick Mahomes who wants to maybe slow that conversation down a little bit. Patrick Mahomes Sr., former Major League Baseball pitcher, father of Patrick Mahomes. He was on Greeny earlier, and they asked him where his son ranks with the likes of Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Here's Pat Mahomes Sr.
1: Do you think he's the greatest quarterback of all time right now?
3: That's still to be determined. Still has a way to go. Uh, I have mad respect for Tom Brady. and I grew up as a Joe Montana fan. Those guys are that ilk. So uh, he's on the right trajectory. But right now, I would still say those guys are better. I mean, I think he's the most athletic quarterback that we've seen. I think he can do a lot more things than uh some of those other guys could do but the name of the game is winning and those guys won at a at a great rate right now patrick you know is doing what he needs to do but those guys to me still have the nod but i mean he's coming
0: this conversation to me always boils down to what generation did you grow up in right like the people who want michael be to be the greatest i feel like are the people who grew up idolizing michael you grew up as kids, watching Michael, Michael was during your most formative years, right? So by the time LeBron comes around, you're a fully form- a, formed adult and you're just not going to idolize him in the same way. So LeBron can never reach that level of greatness in your mind. I like the idea. I'm tickled at the notion, Zaslo, that that could even happen to parents. Like, could LeBron James's mom <laughs> still think MJ was better <laughs> Cause she was watching MJ when she was younger and that was defied a generation. And she's like, I don't know. I think it's MJ in <laughs> the whole LeBron MJ debate that concept to me is a funny one.
1: I actually think it's the other way around where, you know, first of all, I, I like what Patrick Mahomes senior is doing here, by the way. And I think this is a lot of, especially since he is a former professional athlete and he understands the way this goes. I, I think there's a lot of tough love, That's going on here where he's still pushing his son and telling him you're not good enough. You still need to do this. Don't lose sight of, you know, what the main goal is. Don't listen to what everyone else is saying about you and how great you are. I think there's a lot of that that's still going on there from father to son, especially when we're talking about a father who is pro athlete. So I like what he's doing there. But I also think it's the opposite of what you just said, where. If Pat Mahomes Sr., you know, was growing up and Joe Montana – I mean, Brady's a little bit too recent for him. But if he's grown up and Joe Montana he idolizes, is he then going to idolize his son? Like, his son is going to be his favorite. He's to be no, his that's favorite quarterback. That's my point. But he, idolize.
0: Because he said in that clip, he said, I grew up with Joe Montana. Like, Joe Montana was clearly that dude to him. Mm-hmm. And when somebody's that dude to you, then nobody that comes along in your adult years, I don't feel like could ever really reach that level. Like it, it, to me, it, it plays into the conversation with all of these generational greats, right? They're always a bit skewed depending how old you were when, and you just see things differently when you're a kid than you do a bit more magical. Everything's a bit more magical to you when you're a child than it is when you're an adult. And so his son can't ever be Joe Montana, because Joe Montana was Joe cool when he was. And I I think that's kind of funny because it's also your son. (laughs)
1: Well, and we also get to that
0: idea that Patrick Mahomes could never live up to Joe Montana to Pat Mahomes senior is a funny concept to me, but I could also see it being a reality.
1: Well, and we also always experience as sports fans, that weird dynamic of when you get to an age in your life, usually mid thirties, where, All the players you root for and the players you love on your favorite team, you're older than all of them. It becomes Mm -hmm. weird to idolize them. You know, you get to a certain point in your life where you don't have favorite players anymore. You know, I obviously love the Miami Heat since their very first year of inception, but I stopped having a favorite player many years ago because I'm older than these guys now. So it's a strange dynamic to, to fawn over guys who are younger than you and in Mm -hmm. this case it's his son but but overall I think what Patrick Mahomes Sr. is saying there I I think there's a lot of tough love that's going on where you're still not good enough you still got a long way to go you still need to work hard don't listen to what everybody is saying about you and certainly I'm not going to be one of those guys who you're going to hear say those things about you so that maybe you wind up feeling yourself a little bit too much
0: And this could go either way with parents. Like I could see a scenario where, you know, my my baby can do no wrong sort of thing. Right. So you inflate clearly of your, of your, of your kid. That's definitely not the approach that Pat Mahomes senior is taking here. But like you said, he was also a professional athlete himself. He He recognizes the importance of setting the bar for Patrick Mahomes to still have to reach because there ain't much left for Patrick Mahomes to accomplish. And yet, that dude's still on the right side of thirty. Like he's got a very long career ahead of him. So what are you playing for? I'll give you something to play for. I, I'm your dad, right? And you're still going to be out here chasing all the time, trying to impress me the most over Joe Montana and Tom Brady. So I'm not willing to put you ahead of those guys first. So that's certainly a parenting approach. I also wonder too if you've seen your son your whole life. And I have no. Your kids are a little bit older than mine. Your kids aren't grown yet either, though. But if you've seen your son his entire life and you're, you're there for the little league drop-offs and you're there for the whole experience. Like, is it even possible for you to realize the greatness that is in front of you? Or is it different when you were the one wiping his butt?
1: (laughs) It's like, wow, that's, I, I wasn't expecting that to be the comparison. We're talking about wiping tushies. I'm a four year
0: old. There's a lot of that in my house
1: still. I didn't expect that to be the comparison we're making, but you're essentially, you're essentially (laughs) saying where you don't notice your kid's getting older because you see them every single day. You're not noticing the change because you're always looking at them. Or so the greatness. Like
0: the leap. Yeah, the leap there. Exactly. Because you're there for all of it. So is the bar the same? Because you you see it all. You know? Like sometimes you don't realize how special somebody is or how beautiful they are or how smart they are or whatever until you step away. And,
1: and you don't you notice like you were, you were cleaning Patrick Holmes' tushy and now he's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, for the fourth time in his career. That's the difference. Uh, honestly, I think if you be pumped. so
0: cool, by the way, if my son, after cleaning his tushy, was in the Super Bowl one day, that would be, like, like such a good payoff your... for all those tushy, I'm cleaning your years.
1: tushy right now, and you're going to win the Super Bowl it, one day. It would make and it I'm... all
0: so worth it. It'd be so worth it.
1: You're going to be, be such, such a good, a good son. Such a good son. I do think that if you pumped Patrick Mahomes Sr. with the truth serum, that he would tell you he knows, Patrick, he knows his son is better than Brady, is better than Montana. But he's is not he going to say that. Is he better uh, in your mind? I, I, I don't think I'm willing to say that he's better than Brady, but, yeah, I think he's probably better than Montana. And
2: I'm not yeah. trying to well, take like, him but away but again, from Montana. But.
0: I hate those comparisons because totally different eras. And it's an impossible – like, at least Brady – at least they played against each other. At least Brady, you can compare the games more easily. With Joe Montana, it's such a different game back then than it is today. Yeah, incredible winner, but,
1: you know, he wasn't doing either either of them. No, he was, but he also
0: didn't have to. He didn't have to because it was such a different era back then than today. Coming up next – How confident is Tua Tungvaloa that he'll get a long-term contract with the Miami Dolphins this offseason? That's next right here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Zaslow like in the saddle tonight Twenty on
1: a Friday night. How about that? Ellen in
0: for some Ian Fitzsimmons as he bobs his head to some yeah. old school matchbox 20. The thing about Jonathan Zaslow, if you don't know much about Jonathan Zazlow, I'll tell you Jonathan Zaslow, he found all the music that he ever needed by 1995. And he was yeah. good. Like there was only yeah. so much artistry that yeah. Zaslow could absorb. And he did it all in those formative years, and then that yeah. was it. And any band that came along after that, nobody stood a chance. Yeah,
1: I got everything I need. It's not like the music goes bad. It's not like I can't play it anymore. I can't use it anymore. It goes away. I have it. It's forever. I'm good. I'm covered.
0: <laughs> You're good. You found all the – and, and yeah. we did a local show in Miami for years. I, I, like, Zazzle, but why don't we try something new? There's all yeah. these artists out there. You might I what like, I like one. I like
1: what I like. Yeah, I got what I like. I got enough music. In my catalog, from those years, that whenever I'm hanging out now and I want to listen to music, I got a nice array. I got a variety. I like what I like. Like I'm You like 90s.
0: The 1990s were your era.
1: They were good to you. It was. Anything
0: after the 1990s didn't stand a chance. So Matchbox 20, squarely in your wheelhouse there of uh, Jonathan Zaslow-type music. Let's try to get a bit more progressive, a bit more 2024 on this show. Let's play some Big Deal, Not a Big Deal.
3: It's making headlines.
1: Extra, extra, read all about it. But
3: is it a big deal or not a big deal? With Amber and Ian?
0: And Tara filling in tonight for James. Hello, Tara. Hello.
4: how did I just get started? that's us yeah. do it. I'm
0: well, still- I don't know. I mean, did you want to, we could cover something else. If there's something else that you would like to discuss. We're here no, for it.
4: I just, I, oh, I, right. I, I'm still new. I didn't, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this worse, aren't I? Quarterback Tua Tagovailoa expects to sign a contract extension with the Dolphins this offseason, he told reporters. Friday asked about his contract during the Pro Bowl games in Orlando, Florida. Tua seemed confident in the likelihood of an extension getting done. Quote, there's been communication. I think the thing with that right now is I'm just letting the team talk to my agent and let them work that out. Unquote, he told ESPN. Is it a big deal or not a big deal?
0: Yes, it's a very big deal whether they get their quarterback locked up under contract. The Dolphins had picked up to his fifth-year option. They did not choose to extend him, As when – Those other elite quarterbacks in that class got extended. The Jalen Hurts and the Justin Herberts and the Joe Burrows of the world. And Tua wasn't part of that. They picked up the fifth-year option. I thought that was the right move at the time because there was all the durability concerns about Tua coming off of the head injuries. Well, now Tua played an entire season, given the season didn't end the way that the Dolphins hoped that it would because they got kicked out of a wild-card round and beat pretty badly by the Kansas City Chiefs. However... I still think they end up paying Tua because where else are they going? And really Tua has played well for them. He's proven that he can stay around for a 17 game season. I don't think that he's going to have any sort of record breaking contract, but I think he ends up getting paid.
1: So that's the key right there. That's why it's a big deal. All right. They gave him the fifth year. They picked up the fifth year option. They didn't sign him to an extension yet because they need to see that he can get through a season healthy. Well, he didn't miss a single snap due to injury this year. He started and played all 17 games. So And they made the playoffs. They were first place for a while for most of the season in the AFC East. And he led the league in passing. So he passed those tests. That's why he does deserve a contract extension. But does he deserve the huge extension? Absolutely not. The team hasn't done any real kind of winning. He hasn't proven that he could be the guy and the reason for the real winning. So there's no reason he should get some type of massive contract. But an extension? Holding on to him? Yeah, he deserves it, and the team would be silly not to keep him. So I go big deal.
4: In more rumblings from the Pro Bowl, wide receiver Stefan Diggs, in his first comments since the Bills were ousted from the playoffs, expressed a bit of uncertainty about his future in Buffalo. Diggs was asked on Friday whether he was optimistic about his future in Buffalo and delivered an answer that could be considered noncommittal. Quote, I feel like I take it day by day. Obviously, there's a lot of changes going on, a lot of things going on. I can't really put the carriage before the horse. You know what I'm saying? But I got a great off season in front of me to put a lot of work in and kind of build around what we got and what we're doing. I can't tell you what the future holds, but I'm still being me, unquote. Big deal or not a big deal?
1: Yeah, I'm going big deal. That doesn't sound like a guy who's content in Buffalo, and this is one of those situations where, you know what? Where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's constant smoke around Stephon Diggs and his situation in Buffalo. If it's the relationship with the quarterback, if it's the brother in Dallas who will comment about his brother being in Buffalo, there's constant drama between Stephon Diggs and whether or not he actually wants to be in Buffalo. This thing is going to work itself out this off season, and there's going to be a separation between both parties. I'm going big deal.
0: There was drama around Stephon Diggs when he was in Minnesota and he left. There's been so much drama around him in Buffalo. He's a hell of a target for Josh Allen. He's been his number one target. But, man, remember all that discord that stems back to last season? There was all the weird rumors about him and Josh Allen and why they might not like each other and stuff. He walked out of training field camp and stuff in their personal lives. And yeah, he walked out of training. There was that whole thing. I, I th- what was it? Like his train, like he was there, but he wasn't there. Remember that whole thing that he was in Buffalo, but he wasn't reporting to camp or something. And then,
1: and then Josh Allen I, went to the podium and took the blame for the, yeah. the, the hurt part of their relationship. And, It's just constant drama. He is not going to be there next year. There's
0: a lot of rumors out there about why things went south between those two. Uh, That would be personal stuff. There's a lot of weirdness. But what I do know is, like you said. gossipy
1: insinuation on your part. Because there's
0: a lot of gossip out there. Uh, It's probably not true. But there's a lot of gossip about those two. And so when there's a lot of smoke, there's fire. We've seen it from Stefan Diggs before. It feels like a player who gets disgruntled Mm -hmm. and there ends up being drama at the end of his tenure with a team. And I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo ends up cutting their losses and, and they end up parting ways might be best for everybody involved. Tara.
4: The Seahawks plan to hire former bills defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, as their assistant head coach, a source confirmed to ESPN on Friday. Frazier becomes the first assistant known to be hired to Mike McDonald's staff. Big deal or not a big deal.
0: Um, I'm- It's a big deal, I guess, because it's a big name in the NFL, and it's a big-time hire for a coaching staff for a coach that is, what, 36 years old? And there's a lot of question marks about him being a first-time head coach. So if you have a vet, like, so to speak, like Leslie Frazier and somebody there, I mean, we'll see if it actually works out, but it's sort of like the same move that I feel like McDaniel just did in Miami – when he brought in Vic Fangio, like you're trying to bring in the older, like big name coordinator that has the experience behind you when you're more of a newbie coach. It's probably a good move up there in Seattle. We'll see if it actually ends up amounting to the winning.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll go big deal, too. I'll be short, but I'll add to that. You know, you saw it yesterday. Antonio Pierce Cliff Kingsbury now is there. That's a guy who's got head coaching experience for someone who's never been a head coach before next to Antonio Pierce. In the same situation here with Mike McDonald in Seattle, Leslie Frazier has head coaching experience. And Mm -hmm. you're not looking over your shoulder and wondering if he's going to sandbag you because Leslie Frazier is not a threat for your job, but he has head coaching experience. I'll go big deal.
0: Yeah, I I like the move from these young coaches. The only thing I ever wonder, it's not from the hiring perspective, because I think that's the right move from the young coach perspective. I always wonder from the coordinator perspective, from the Leslie Frazier perspective. He's 64 years old, his boss is going to be 36. That's got to be an interesting dynamic. Tara? By the way, Amber, nice
4: job sneaking Mike McDaniel into a conversation about Mike McDonald.
0: McDonald, I know.
4: know. McDonald, McDaniel. There's also a Mike McCarthy.
0: A lot of Mike, Mike Vicks. Tomlin, a lot of mics.
1: Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Mike, Mike McCarthy
0: kind of still counts. Yeah. A lot of mics in the
4: NFL. Still pumping
1: out mics.
0: Got one more for you guys tonight. Duke
4: and UNC will meet for the first time this men's college basketball season on Saturday when the number three Tar Heels host the number seven Blue Devils at 630 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. It will mark the 49th time. The two teams meet as top 10 teams. So Duke UNC men's college basketball. Is it still a big deal or not a big deal?
1: Oh, yeah. It's big a deal. deal. Yeah, ahead, big Josh. deal. Come on. Like Tara said, two top 10 teams, Duke seven, UNC three. What else am I doing tomorrow? There's no NFL this weekend. I mean, I'm not exactly dialed into the NHL all-star or the Pro Bowl. And you got Duke, UNC tomorrow, uh, late afternoon, early evening, 6.30. Come on, let's do it. I'll go big deal. Yeah, that's got juice perennial,
0: to it. Yeah, perennial rivals, conference rivals, uh, historic storied rivals. Plus, with both top ten rankings right now, it's the first time since 2019 that they will score off with both of those teams ranked in yeah. the top ten. So, yes, it is a very big deal on, on every level. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian. Also a very big deal because we've got plenty more. Who is the best team in the NBA? One ESPN analyst has a pretty surprising nominee. We'll get into that on here. What? Go on.
1: Go on. Okay. ESPN radio is on the ESPN app.
0: Nailed it.
2: playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: One of our analysts thinks the Clippers are the best team in the entire NBA. We will get to that in just a moment. Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian yeah. tonight. I want to mention those as because we haven't mentioned it yet tonight. That Carl Weathers, the actor best known for Apollo Creed, he passed away at the age of seventy-six today. Apollo Creed, obviously the Rocky movies. He was also in the Star Wars series, Mandalorian. I know a lot of people referencing that.
1: Hmm. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I mean, he was he was he was Chubs, uh, Predator as well. You know, and yeah, like everyone, everyone loved Carl Weathers. He was he used to appear on sports talk shows every now and then, like sports talk shows. He used to love talking to him. He was a really nice man. I talked to him before a couple of times on shows that I've done. So he was obviously a sports fan as well. And just Rocky, an all time character. I mean, the city of Philadelphia thinks the movie's real. They got an actual statue of Rocky Balboa. All right. So it's an all time movie, all time characters. And I, I always think of him as Apollo Creed. I know I think that's a question going around on Instagram tonight from the ESPN radio account where, you know, who, who, what character does Carl Weathers resonate the most with? And, yeah, like I said, happy Gilmore and Predator I'll think about, but it always comes back to Apollo Creed for me. Legendary, yeah. iconic character.
0: Yeah, for me, it's easily Apollo Creed. Uh, so the passing of Carl Weathers, but... We do have to transition back, and there's no easy way to do that. So let's just head back over to the NBA now. That's always the way to transition,
1: though, with stuff like that. That's what you say. You go, we have to transition, and there's no easy way. That's how you do it. That's That's the transition.
0: I nailed it. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. Now, we're thinking of formulating an entire uh, segment of the show that we call, like, Crazy Things Perk Said because – he gave us some crazy things this week. That the Heat that's a good segment. Jimmy Butler. What else did he give us? He gave us. He had a lot of stuff this week. Well, now he's uh, Steph us Curry. Stuff.
1: That Steph Curry oh, should ask right. out of Golden State.
0: Yes, that that Steph Curry should force his way to Los Angeles to play alongside LeBron. That was another. I think thing he that said that those Perkins the same said. day.
1: That was that was a crazy day.
0: Crazy day. Well, Perk is back saying crazy things. This time he said them. On Carlin versus Joe, he was asked, what is he seeing from the Clippers right now?
3: I see the best team in the NBA, to be honest with you. That's what I see. That's that's coached by one of the best coaches in the NBA. And when you think about Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard at his best, seriously, could match up and be the best player in any given series against any given player. He has shown us that time and time again. The only thing that's ever been questioned is Kawhi Hill. But when you think about their roster, their deep, you know, we know what Paul George is going to bring to the table. We see James Harden flourishing in that point guard position. They got depth at the big, Zubok, Daniel Tice, uh, Plumbley. And then you look at their bench, you got Russell Westbrook, who has embraced his role to the fullest. You have uh, Norman Powell coming in, who could arguably be in the sixth man of the year conversation. And then T. Lou sprinkle in a little bit of youth with Trey Mann and Coffee. So, like, they're the most complete team in basketball, and they're playing the best basketball right now.
0: I mean, they've lost just three times in the month of January. They whooped the Celtics last weekend, leading by as many as 36, I think, at one point in that game. For me, the Celtics are that team, Zaslow, though, that has always looked good on paper. I mean, year after year after year. And how many times have we seen this team now? with these superstars, or some version of these superstars, obviously Westbrook joining and Harden and all that, but with this team, with this core, with Kawhi and with Paul George, it always has looked good on paper, and then it doesn't actually pan out. And oh, by the way, right now Paul George is dealing with a groin injury, so it does feel like even now that it's hard to buy into a team that in the past has just been riddled and marred with injuries.
1: Can't trust them, you know, and and, and it's, it's not fair to – The question, essentially, that Kendrick Perkins was asked there because you're looking at it today and you're looking at they're healthy. And so we're judging it based on what we have in front of us. But I can't get past the fact that Kawhi Leonard always winds up getting hurt either in the middle of or by the postseason. On top of that, I don't trust a team with James Harden. We've seen it a million times in the past. He pu- he performs very small in the biggest of moments. So I don't trust them with Harden. I don't trust the health with Leonard. And while if you guaranteed me that Kawhi and Paul George were going to be healthy, that's a different conversation. But it doesn't mean that the Denver Nuggets don't exist. All right. right. So, y- you know, you can have the Clippers in your top five if you want. But to have them ahead of the Denver Nuggets, if you don't believe in Minnesota, Oklahoma City, all right, they're two young teams with absolutely zero experience. Okay, I'll hear that argument. But the Denver Nuggets still exist. So the LA Clippers, they got too much riding against them for my taste.
0: I'm with you. To me, the Nuggets are the best team in the NBA, but also the Boston Celtics would need to be part of that conversation because obviously the Chris Porzingis trade was a huge win for that team, and the Seas has looked pretty unstoppable most of the season. Those two teams I would place above the Clippers. And then, sure, because you have the Clippers there and you're hoping that everything goes according to plan, again, from a roster perspective – and an individual perspective, I like it, but I've liked iterations of this Clippers team in the past, and it just can't ever really come together when it matters most. It's very hard for me to believe that I'm going to get this team firing on all cylinders in a postseason. And then even if I do, I'm still, like you, probably not putting them past the Denver Nuggets. By the way, last or today, uh, with this win over the Pacers, with his 23rd point tonight, Russell Westbrook became the 25th player in NBA history to reach 25,000 career points. He's the fourth active player to reach that mark. So he has joined the likes of LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and his own teammate right now, James Harden.
1: I do love what this Western Conference looks like. I mean, you just look at the top five in the West. Minnesota, Oklahoma City, LA Clippers, Denver, Sacramento that's – it's like you're throwing you're throwing darts at a dartboard and you're picking mm-hmm. who's going to be the top five in the Western Conference. I love it. And it's a shame with the Clippers because you remember when when Kawhi and Paul George got there a few years ago, I think it was the year of the bubble, right? I think 2020 was the first year that they were both – that they both went there to the Clippers. And the, the hype was real. There was – Doc was the coach. There was so much hype around that team. And they were just never able to get it together. And then you had the injuries – You're dying for Kawhi Leonard to make it through one of these seasons and get into the postseason because you almost forget five years ago when they won the title in Toronto, he was easily the best player in the league, all right? Like, incredible on both ends of the floor. Such a force defensively, super smart player, and able to do whatever he wants on the offensive side. You just haven't been able to see it so far in L.A.
0: No, we haven't seen it hardly at all. And you're absolutely right. I don't feel like we spend any time talking about Kawhi Leonard. I think he's the best player in the league that I talk about. And he's been playing
1: this year. He's been playing.
0: And a guy who's won multiple championships, multiple MVPs for those championships. And we don't talk about that dude at all. I mean, it's it's bizarre. And I mean, he has five games with 30 points and zero turnovers this season alone. That's mm-hmm. the most by a Clipper player in a season since individual turnovers were first tracked in the 1970s. He's having a hell of a season, and you're right. He was at one point one of the very best players in the league, yep. and really by talent level, like he's still one of the very best players in the league. We just, I feel like we've seen him play basketball Can't so trust rarely them. here.
1: Can't trust the team. Can't trust the Los to get Angeles
0: there. team. It's yeah. it's very hard to believe that it's all. Not just going to come together in the way that it has, but stay together in the way that it has and stay together into a postseason. Coming up next, we're going to stay together with game night. Q Myers and, Med- and Myron Medgaff will be together. That is next on ESPN Radio.